Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. It's the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Send the hot takes. Tell me I'm a moron about women's soccer. At Ken Carmen, C-A-R-M-A-N on Twitter. And remember, Tuesday night. Okay, got this right. Tuesday night, 1030 Eastern. 7.30 Pacific. Make way for what's next when CBS Sports brings you a WNBA showdown between the Washington Mystics and the Los Angeles Sparks. It's only on your 24-hour home of CBS Sports, CBS Sports Network. I told the guys while the Ric Flair promo was playing, they actually tried to do that on Jim Cornette's podcast. They tried to figure out, because in that promo... When he's saying, I've spent more money on spilled liquor in bars from one side of the world than the other than you made. He's talking about a guy named Buddy Landell. And so what they did, Hickey was was laughing. What they did was they looked back on Buddy Landell. Because always wrestlers always lied about how much they made. God rest Buddy Landell's soul, by the way. But they said Buddy Landell might have made $30,000, Ric Flair, $30,000 to $60,000 that year, which was still nice back in the 80s. And uh, Ric Flair was certainly making over 100, and they were trying to figure out basically whether or not the liquor was spilled or whether or not they were just bought drinks. Hickey, what's the biggest bar tab you've ever had? Probably like three bucks. Wow, are we talking, I guess, solo here, right? Um... Uh, you know, well, yeah, yeah. You, you, you cash out at the end of the night, here's the check. Ooh, probably like 120. Ooh. Look at you with a big bar tab over oh, there. Oh, yeah, big ball over here. Watch wow. out. Wow. 120's not bad. How old are you again, Hick? 24. Oh, that night got away from you, didn't it? <laughs> you can say oh, that. Oh, man. You wake up the next morning and saw the thing and went, oh, my God, I cannot believe I spent that much. No. No, I didn't spend that much. That Kevin. night, I mean, when it's that high, it's like, oh, geez, what are we doing oh, here? Oh, God. Kevin, how much did you spend? I top him. Uh, 180, I would say. 180. Oh, it was a friend's birthday. And, Jesus. And one of my friends, he even texted me the next day, what happened last night? My bank account is negative. Oh, my Jesus. Wait, was it his birthday? That was his birthday and his bank account was negative? No, it was another friend's birthday, but he's, he ended up spending more than me. He went over 200, but I, w- I remember that oh night was God. around 180, and I looked at he my. Has, what, 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 what are you drinking? What are you pushing? It, it's drinking? the Irish in me, Ken. That's what it is. Well, you have to, do you have to drink the top shelf Irish booze <laughs> or stuff at the bottom of the shelf you can have? Listen, let's just say it was a long night, a lot of fun, but once you wake up, you're hungover, and you look at your bank account, and you just oh went, man. You're more hungover, and then you don't even have money to get the McDonald's in. you got to eat that greasy food the when you're hungover in the morning. McGriddle. you gotta, you got to pound it into you. And the, the, the worst of the hangovers that are so bad, you feel worse after you eat it, but you know it's better for you. You can't even enjoy the food. 
Those are the worst. Kevin, you know what I'm talking about. Certainly Hickey does. God, he's probably got a drink in his hand right now knowing him. That's allowed, right? Eh, we'll figure it We'll figure it out. 855-2124-CBS. Five burning questions coming up also. Olden Polony is going to join us. Looking forward to that coming up 1240 p.m. Eastern. Said it two weeks ago. I'll get back to the finals and the whole shebang coming up here in a moment. Said it two weeks ago. I'll say it again. It's better for Baker to just keep his opinions to his teammates. See, this is what happens when I do this show and I got Pittsburgh people listening. They go, well, you called out Ben Roethlisberger, Ken. Okay. Because when it came to Colin Cowherd and Ben Roethlisberger, I just wondered what was the win for Ben Roethlisberger, or, or excuse me, for Baker Mayfield. What was the win for Baker Mayfield? What's the win for Colin Cowherd? I, how much time in the day do you have? When Colin Cowherd and Baker Mayfield go back and forth with one another on Twitter and, and Colin Cowherd talks about him on his show. Baker Mayfield plays in Cleveland. Colin Coward's not even on the radio in Cleveland. He's on TV. You might see him in a in a doctor's office or a dental office or anything like that. That's not to begrudge Colin Coward or his career. It's just pointing out where's your where's your target demo if you're Baker Mayfield. It's still daytime television. It's still daytime sports talk television. And in sports talk's world. Colin Cowherd's a Hall of Famer, untouchable, and a very brilliant guy, no matter what I want to say. And it's even more brilliant because he has put in his crosshairs a guy who will go back and forth with him. If he went after Sam Darnold, no one cares. Sam Darnold's a quiet guy. You can't go after Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck's a quiet guy. I can't rip Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck doesn't say anything. Baker Mayfield is the dog behind the fence that is almost away from the chain. The difference is, is that the dog can actually bite you. For Baker Mayfield, if Baker Mayfield and the Browns go and win a Super Bowl this year, Colin Coward's not going to stop doing his radio show. So it just starts all over again. If Colin Coward is quote-unquote proven wrong somehow and Baker Mayfield goes and wins a Super Bowl, he'll just continue to talk. And eventually, there's going to be a rough year. Could be a rough year this year. There's going to be a rough year in there somewhere. It'll still be a radio show. He'll still comment on those. Baker Mayfield lives in a world where there's wins and losses and those are measured publicly. The rest of us don't do that. People see some ratings. Richard Deitch reports on reports on him here and there. But really, it's about advertising. It's about moving revenue and, and getting people to think. That's basically what it is. That's the world Colin Cowherd lives in. That's the world we live in. And again, it's another win for Colin Cowherd when I'm on Saturdays on CBS Sports Radio and I'm talking about a guy who's on every single day on Fox Sports 1. That's a win for him. What's the win for Baker Mayfield? And it's now become the same way with Duke Johnson. Duke Johnson's their third-team running back or will be their third-team running back halfway through the year as long as everybody stays healthy. And Michael Irvin on our show yesterday morning. I was actually shocked, Michael Irvin being a Miami alum, what Michael Irvin had to say about Duke Johnson. This is 88 yesterday on 92.3 The Fan in Cleveland. I hold a rule of thumb in that matter. You know, if you don't want to be here, you have every right to not want to be here, but you have every right to stay away from camp, to not come in. I don't care if you're under contract or not. I don't want to be there. I'm not coming in. Please trade me or whatever. Once you bring your butt in, and you know I love Duke Johnson. He's from the U. But once you come in, buddy, you committed to me. I I understand before you get on the football field, you're committed to your family, you're committed to, to the contract, whatever you want. But once you say yes and once you get on that field, then we have to be about our business. You know, that's why if you hold out, I won't say anything. 
because you, you're, you're doing your business. But once you sign and once you come in, then we are about winning championships. And, and, and I, the rule is you stay away from people's money. But in that situation, Duke's on the field. We're all on the field. Let your agents take care of all you, all of that. Come out here, put in all the work because we're committed to each other. We're not committed to a front office. We're not committed to, to, to your agent. You're committed to one another. That's why the KD stuff, when you watch what KD did, he came back because of that commitment to his team. And everybody's talking about, what did he do that for? I mean, everybody that says that never got a championship. That's why they never got a championship. Once you're on this field, once you're on that court, you commit to the team, and that's that. I love Michael Irvin so much. I was shocked to hear that because the entire last week, it had been nothing but Miami people. Uncle Luther, Uncle Luke was talking about it. Luther Campbell was talking about it, cussing out Baker Mayfield on Twitter. His wife is Duke Johnson's agent. It got very nasty. And the NFL Network, and the reason I asked Michael Irvin that question, the NFL Network, they had a report that comes out and says that players were questioning Baker Mayfield and, and went and confronted Baker Mayfield or talked to Baker Mayfield about his comments over Duke Johnson. And my problem with the entire thing of this is that it's a week and a half later and we are approaching a time in the NFL here where Baker's going to have to learn. That we're approaching a time in the calendar where we're looking for anything. I spent an hour on women's soccer the other day about them running up the score and how I loved it and how I wish they would have scored even more goals because it would have made everybody else upset. We're going to talk about equal pay. We're going to talk about women's women coaching in the NBA. We're going to talk about all those things. It's the summertime. We're looking for anything. And a week and a half later, the NFL Network has reports that, well, some of the players, some of his teammates were upset with Baker because of what he said publicly about Duke Johnson's contract and how it was interpreted because there's people all over the country. I can't believe Baker Mayfield sided with management. Baker Mayfield in his comments didn't side with management. He said if Duke Johnson wants to go, basically don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out. Management wants to hold on to Baker Mayfield. But it's not seen that way. And Here we are a week later, a week and a half later, having conversations and doing topics on Baker Mayfield and his conversations and whether or not Baker Mayfield's mature, whether or not Baker Mayfield has what it takes to be a franchise quarterback, really crazy long-term stuff over one answer of one question during a media availability session on a Tuesday morning in late May, early June. It's something that I hope Baker Mayfield shares with his teammates. I don't want him to share it with the media. I know it's a different level. Baker Mayfield's a different type of leader. Maybe I'm going to have to get used to it over time. Maybe maybe the rest of the NFL is going to have to get used to it. The NFL media fan base are going to have to get used to it over time. But right now, the way we all take it is that you're writing a lot of checks. And every single time we hear you talk and we blow it out of proportion, which just absolutely has been blown out of proportion, it just adds more pressure. What Baker Mayfield said in the media, Duke Johnson's best option is to show up for work and to do his job and get a chance to be traded to a team that's going to be another contender that can use him or show up, do his job during camp, wait for somebody to get hurt, and then be traded to that team and get himself another contract. He wants paid again. He's upset because they went with Kareem Hunt. That's understandable. I totally get where he's coming from there. But that's still his best option, and I feel at the end of all this, it's not going to have a consequence on whether or not the Browns beat opponents or not. But they are definitely one of the teams that have the most pressure on them, and every time there's a conversation, whether it be a Colin Cowherd or whether it be a Duke Johnson, it just adds more pressure. 
you're getting to a point where a team that hasn't made the playoff in 16 years, kids can legally drive, hasn't won a division since 1989. There are people who were born and died since then. You better make the playoffs or it becomes a disaster because this type of stuff, it doesn't have a bearing on what's going to go down between the lines. It will have a bearing when we talk about this after the season. All those things I said about Ben Roethlisberger, I wish I could say different. They do equate here because there was plenty of conversation with Ben Roethlisberger and Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger and, and, and Todd Haley before and Mike Tomlin in that division where it doesn't matter about what happens in the field. But we take that and use that when that team fails. I did it last year myself, and if the Browns fail to make the postseason this year, where else am I going to go with it? 855-2124-CBS. Up next, five burning questions. Olin Paul and Neeson at 1240. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. Ryan, it's time. Five burning questions. Let's do it, baby. All right, so let's get into it. So, as we talked about basically through the first half of the show, the Raptors won the championship, so now the attention of the NBA moves to the offseason. And going back, obviously, Kevin Durant ruptures Achilles tendon. Out for next season, Clay tours ACL. Out for probably at least three quarters, maybe all of next season as well. Both have the chance to become free agents. Clay obviously will be on a restricted free agent. KD has to opt out. So despite these injuries, hmm. where they might probably both will at least miss next year, hey. will both of them get max deals? Yeah. I, I, I know that they have talent. Now, with, with Kevin Durant, I thought Sam Amigo brought up a good point. You're going on 30, what, 31, 32. It's an Achilles rupture. I don't know if you come back the way you were, but, I yeah, I think that – there's always a James Dolan out there who's willing to give a max deal. And for Clay Thompson, it's an ACL. He's a catch-and-shoot three guy. I, I don't need Clay Thompson to dunk. Who needs Clay Thompson to dunk? Is Clay Thompson known for his great dunking abilities? No. I know that he got hurt trying to dunk, so it's even more of an incentive to never dunk again. Clay Thompson will definitely get a max. Next. All right, we'll stick with the NBA as, again, now focusing our attention next year. The okay. betting odds came out as to who will win the next year's 2020 NBA Finals. Mm. The Lakers, in some sports books, are the favorite at plus 400 next year. And following suit are the Bucks and Clippers at plus 600. The Raptors, defending champions, what are is plus the reasoning? 800. What is the reasoning behind this? Do they feel Kawhi's going to go to the Lakers? I don't know. Maybe AD gets traded to is the Lakers? That the, is, uh, AD gets traded to the Lakers? Probably Kawhi I've never tested. I, I don't know. By the way, I don't know how great that's going to be. I, uh, Anthony Davis has really never been tested in the postseason. Like once. That's it. How long has Anthony Davis been in the league? Like, I know he's a great talent, and he's still relatively young. He's still young. But I don't I don't put him in the pantheon of those other ones. Like, he's a 1% talent. I don't know if he's a 1% player yet. So I don't know if he's got the guts to go through a Western Conference. I don't know if he's got what it takes to really get him over the top. I know he's got the talent, but can he get them to where they need to go? I, I don't know if he does. Next. Oh, okay. Well, just we won't even answer. Well, the what question. did you what did you want me to say? What else did you want me to say? Well, I was going to ask you who you think the favorite should be next year, but and listen. That, oh, that, who that's the favorite fine. should be next year? Who you think the favorite? should Ah, oh, it ain't Golden State. It ain't the Lakers. 
I still want to give the Raptors credit. I still want to say the Raptors are the favorite going into next year. Is that wrong? Am I wrong to say that? If they keep Kawhi Leonard? If he stays now. How many teams do you have a chance to win a championship right now? Considering moves and everything. Toronto? I still put, well, you, do you still have to put Golden State in the top five? Because those guys should be back by the time the playoffs start. They'll still be a playoff team, won't they? Oh, won't they'll they? be a playoff team. You're right. Okay. Play will come back maybe in so, March. So Golden State, Toronto, Golden State. Milwaukee? Houston? No? Milwaukee, definitely Milwaukee. Uh, Milwaukee's in the mix. Houston? Houston? Mm. Houston? Portland? 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 Clippers, if I mean, do Clippers. Assuming if I mean, I guess you take well, you to the Raptors if Clippers leaves, out, right? Kali- yeah, if Kawhi leaves Toronto and goes to the Clippers, I I, I got to take Toronto out of there. But there's probably an argument right now you can make for four, five, maybe even six teams. Next, all right. So we'll do a little NFL here. As early in the week, the NFL announced a few tweaks to their very uh, interesting pass interference oh, rules. A little bit of NFL, yeah. They announced that the replay official will initiate all pass interference penalties under two minutes of each half plus overtime. They tried to give it to the coaches to have them challenge, but the coaches pushed back for strategy-wise, and the NFL said in its update that they would like replay officials to, quote, use stricter criteria than for other reviewable plays, end quote, mm-hmm. so the game doesn't stop too often. Now, also another big part of this is Hail Mary plays. They are also subject to review as the NFL wants their replay officials to, quote, have consistent with guidelines for officiating the plays on the field. So is it smart idea for the NFL to have replay officials initiate pass interference calls? Is it all throughout the entire game where replay officials initiate pass interference no, calls? No, this is just the last two minutes and all of overtime. The rest is up to but the coaches. The rest challenge. is up to the coaches? Correct. So what's, say I'm down 14 nothing real quick. What's stopping Bill Belichick? From nothing. throwing a Hail Mary. You get oh, what I'm saying Hail right Mary. now. Oh, yes. To jump, right ba- to jump right back into the football game. Say Patriots get themselves down 14 nothing week one. The ensuing drive. They get it to the 50-yard line. It's second down 10. Tom Brady just launches one down to the one. Pass interference. There you go. What's stopping? Part of the unintended consequences of making is that, this rule. Is, is, am I, am I, what am I missing? i got to be missing something because that seems to be way too easy. What am I missing? Well, here? the only thing I can think of is that with Hail Marys, the defense usually expects a coming, so they'll have three or four or five guys in the end zone. So they wouldn't the expect it coming at second and ten in the, fu- exactly. at the 50. So then it's maybe there's two or three guys, that, you know, just the defenders that are chasing but if the they receivers don't, that are going deep. If they don't expect it coming, then you're going to have a better shot of pass interference down there. Yeah, Won't which you? is, I mean, I think part of the whole unintended consequences yeah. of making this rule. And exactly, so I can get my if I'm down fourteen nothing. I got I, that's a that's a touchdown. I can jump back in real quick. Then I get a turn. If I get a turnover, I force a punt on the ensuing drive. Fourteen seven. It's a touchdown difference. We're still in the first quarter. I got the ball back. We're rolling now. I'm down by a score. The Patriots. Anybody in the NFL can come back from that. So I'm just throwing it out there to everybody. I got to be missing something here because that team that seems way too simplistic to me. Go ahead. Next. All right, we'll go your neck of the woods as the Cleveland Cavaliers made some history as they hired Lindsey Gottlieb. And real quick, if sure. you if if an idiot like me can think about that right off the top of my head, again, there has to be something that I'm missing because you would think a a, a, a competition committee would think about that and go, ah, I don't know if that's the best idea. Maybe we should always leave it up to a replay official, right? Right, and Maybe why? How come you should be able to challenge? If there's no flag on the play, why do you think it's a good idea to have a judgment in the eyes of the officials, a judgment call, then be replayed and basically use someone else's judgment to determine if there's pass interference or not? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I yeah, 
It does. It certainly does. Might Next. be a whole more bad than good with that. Um, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no worries. So like I said, Lindsey Gottlieb hired as an assistant coach by the Cleveland Cavaliers. She was the head coach uh, for the Cal women's basketball team. First woman ever to make the leap from college to the NBA. Uh, she was at Cal for eight years. She made seven NCAA tournament appearances and made a Whoa. 2013 run to the Final Four. So do you think we'll ever see a woman head coach in the NBA in the next 20 years? Oh, I do. I think we'll probably see it within the next five, maybe within the next three. I, I still say the same thing for her that I say for Becky Hammond. I, I don't know. Well, for Becky Hammond, I think it's a little bit different for her because I think Becky Hammond is a good assistant, has proven herself to be a good assistant with a good organization. And it should be the same thing with Mike Brown. Steve Kerr is a little bit different, but maybe with Mike Brown where you should get to choose a good situation. Not just go. There's plenty of teams out there that fire coaches and they're just bad organizations. And they're going to fire the next coach. And when we get the argument about Becky Hammond, people always take it the wrong way. Well, Ken, she's a woman. She can coach. I, that's what I'm saying. She should be able to pick a good situation for her. And then the other half gets mad because they wanted to earn it somehow. If I don't have to eat dog crap, why should I eat it? If I don't have to coach the Phoenix Suns, why should I coach them? I think Becky Hammond has that choice. I don't know if, if if Lindsay Gottlieb does. She just got hired. There was a question, though, with John Beeline being, uh, Beeline being a college coach. Are you putting too many college people around? I fear, because my major fear with a college coach, just like anybody else's, does it translate to the NBA? I think that thought permeates around NBA guys as well. So if you have grizzled NBA coaches in there who are assistants for a guy like John Beeline, can they usurp the power from John Beeline because they're NBA guys? Do they take them seriously? I don't know. I think that's a questionable thing. But if you have somebody else who's worked with young people, you give that a chance, it might have a chance to work, or at least as successful as a 19-win team could be next year. 25 wins, back in the lottery, maybe it's something like that. As successful as a team that's trying to rebuild like the Cleveland Cavaliers can be, but will still ultimately fire John Beeline and the rest of his staff in a couple of years anyway. Next. All right, last one here. We'll do a little MLB All-Star Game voting as the game or the voting is underway, excuse me. And despite having a pretty successful season, the Rays only have one player, Austin Meadows. That's in the top three as a respective position in terms of fan voting. Now, Tommy Pham, very furious with these results so far. She told The Athletic, quote, We won't get credit, man. It's always unfair. Big market versus small market. It's never going to be fair, unquote. Now, is this a Rays problem, or is this a bigger, larger MLB issue that they have to be worried about? Is Tampa really a small market, Tampa-St. Pete? Uh, is it a quote-unquote small market? They got three pro sports teams. Look at the attendance every night. I, but that's what I'm saying. Is it a market thing? I don't know if it's market. I just don't think your fans care. Your quote-unquote fans, I don't think they care. I can't say you're a small market. It looks like it's a large market. How, how big is the metro of, of, of Tampa Bay-St. Pete? Is it top 10? Can you look that up? Can anybody look that up real quick? Give me two minutes. Okay. Two minutes? Jeez, that's a long time. They have 2.78 million people in Tampa Bay. Let me see where that ranks. In Tampa Bay. And that's in Tampa, Florida? Correct. Okay. It's got to be, the with them and St. Petersburg, it's got to be top 15, I would assume, Right. With that entire market? Because they call it Tampa Bay. It's not just Tampa because of St. Pete. I'm sorry you don't have much of a fan base. I know it sucks. I don't know. Get people traded. Get out of there. There's nothing else I can say. 
I know you bitched last year because you didn't get into the postseason and you should have gotten to the postseason because of the record, but you didn't, and now you're not getting in the All-Star game. You got a good team. I'm sorry that it seems that some people do care outside of Tampa Bay, but your own area doesn't give a damn about you. It really is a shame. And that's probably why the team should move at some point. Hate to say it, but it's true. Anything else to add there, Hickey, or are we done? No, I'm good. I have nothing else to add. Fabulous, baby. That is five burning questions. Up next, Olden Polony's going to join us. Former NBA player, current Fox Sports NBA analyst, and also at 1.20 p.m. Eastern. Folks, they're paid pros. They're paid to entertain and win. Not to spare your feelings. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Tweeted us at Ken Carmen, C-A-R-M-A-N. Hickey, I got something to ask you at the break, but we got to get to business because the NBA Finals are over. Free agency is just about upon us to talk about it all. We welcome in Oldham Polonese. Find him on Twitter at Oldham Polonese, one 15-year NBA vet. Current analyst for Fox Sports, NBA analyst for them, obviously. Olden, thanks for joining us this morning. Or I should say this afternoon, my friend. Thank you. Oh, it's my pleasure. Uh, Olden, first off, all right, your general thoughts of the NBA Finals. What did you think? Um, Very intriguing. Um, You know, there's going to be so many dynamics being thrown out there. You know, should there be an asterisk with the championship win by Toronto? And I always say there shouldn't be any asterisk. You play with what you have, and that's the bottom line. It's kind of like, you know, in a relationship, you know, sometimes, you know, you lose the woman the way you got her. (laughs) So... The Warriors won several championships when other teams weren't at full strength. So now, you know, they got snake bit. And it's unfortunate. You know, I would have loved to have seen the finals, you know, with two fully stacked teams. But we got what we got. And, again, it's just a tough situation for the Warriors. You know, based on their long run, there are consequences to a long run. You know, you got to look at it like this. The Warriors have actually played seven NBA seasons within a five-year stretch. Mm-hmm. And that wears and tears on the body. And, you know, unfortunately it came in the, you know, in the sense of Durant tearing his Achilles and Clay um, tearing his ACL. But overall, I thought Toronto did exactly what they were supposed to do. They showed the league the blueprint on how to beat the Warriors, you know, which is pound them inside and be very aggressive and use their strengths against them you know the Warriors were really good at um, switching and the war and the Raptors you know they went into straight pick and rolls knowing that the Warriors would be aggressive in their switches and right before it happened they would always slip the pig you know or you know the Warriors wouldn't get the switches that they normally get a lot of confusion so they put them in a lot of tricky situations that the Warriors weren't used to Owen Paul Nice joining us on the show. You, you talked about how many more games that they had to play over that period of time. Do you think that this is why we're going to see a lot more of the quote-unquote load management games where guys take games off? Because Kawhi had that a little bit this year, and obviously it's paid off in the long run. I know people want – I know the league wants guys to play during the regular season. People pay money to go see it, this, that, and the other. But, uh, man, I can't argue with results. Well, it's – I don't know if it's more, so much load management because the Warriors did their own version of load management is by blowing teams out and Steph, you know, and all those guys resting a whole quarter at a time. And so 
I don't think it was so much that. It was the fact that the Raptors did something that a lot of teams were afraid to do. You know, they didn't play the Warriors' style of basketball. You know, yeah, they they can shoot threes, but they also put the ball on the ground, which is hard for the Warriors to defend. Um, They were very aggressive, very physical offensively, I mean defensively. And so they just took it to them. And Nick Nurse got a lot of credit for really out-coaching Steve Kerr. That boxing one was genius. You know, it looked (laughs) silly watching an NBA game with a boxing one, but that's what you got to do. You got to basically pound Steph Curry into the ground. And they knew that. Once KD was out, they knew what they had to do. Limit Clay and Steph and let everybody else, you know, so what Iguodala makes a shot? So what Draymond makes a three? But it wasn't going to be consistent. Do you think that this might have an impact on Kevin Durant's free agency and the thought of maybe he comes back to the Golden State Warriors? Because, boy, Bob Myers crying. I'm not even making a joke. Like, that, that's love right there. They're showing love. And I thought all year long he ended up kind of being a scapegoat for the media and for some of their fans out there. Yeah, it's been, you know, unjust because Kevin Durant's a hell of a player. And I've always said this. Kevin Durant, what Kevin Durant did for the Warriors was pretty much make them unbeatable. You know, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, he made life easy for Steph and Clay and Draymond. And that's what they need to appreciate, whether he stays or goes. You still got to appreciate what he brings to your team, as great as he is. But I do believe that the injuries could be a blessing in disguise because you don't want to go into a new situation coming off an Achilles tear. And so the Warriors are the team, the organization that could handle that. You know, they can gradually bring them in, similar to what they did with DeMarcus Cousins. Mm-hmm. And so I feel that, and the fact that they have the history. But I've never seen a general manager come to near tears the way I saw Bob Myers. And that was really intriguing to me. You know, we always say that this is a business, but sometimes emotions come into play. And I saw a human uh, moment with Bob Myers and how he felt about not only Kevin and also when Clay got hurt. So it's a tough situation. Oh, and I know you have nothing. What's that? Yeah. No, I I, just, I couldn't believe it because the next morning there were people. Oh, come on! Those are crocodile tears. I go, man! If he if he was acting, he shouldn't be in the bas. He shouldn't be in basketball. He should be he in Hollywood. Should not be. He should be in Hollywood. That was strong. If that was an act. He should be in Hollywood. Uh, Old Paul and he's joining us on the show. Okay, so what is the next move for Kawhi Leonard now? I wanted to wait. I wanted to give Toronto their credit, <laughs> but now I got to ask the question: what, What's the next move for Kawhi? You know what? I don't even. I think he had a move in tow if they didn't win. But I seriously don't think he leaves now. It's a tough situation. Why would you leave that situation? And sometimes that's why I would say, why do guys want to do that? Kevin Durant's in a great situation right now. Why do you want to leave? Regardless of where I want my own team, I want to do, you know, I want a new challenge. No, the new challenge should be how many championships can I win with this team? And it's the same with Kawhi. What do you do now? Well, you can always leave because that's your option, but you get the most money in Toronto. You have a, now you have a country behind you, not just not a city, a country. Why would you leave? Again, what challenge is it? You want to just be the first guy to do it with three different franchises? I don't know, but it's, it's a tough situation. What we have to look at is not the Kawhi situation. I think it's going to be um, predicated on what Masai Ujiri does because the Wizards are about to throw big money at him. So if he leaves, then I think Kawhi leaves. 
Well, do you think? Do you uh, think part of this? It, this is an interesting thing you just brought up. Real quick, I'm, I'm sorry to sorry to jump in, Olden. But you meant why would Kawhi Lee, and I asked the same thing. I think a lot of fans do. Do you think now LeBron does it in 2010, Durant does it a few years ago. Do you think some players kind of want to do it because they can? Just because um, they can instead of really LeBron, thinking it out? Well, we got to go back. LeBron did it because he was chasing a rim. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, Kawhi got traded and because of the situation in San Antonio. They just, it was, it, um, you couldn't repair that, you know, because he felt that they questioned his manhood. And I spoke about this early last year. It's like once they questioned his toughness and manhood, it was over. He had to go. He he did not want to be in that organization. Kevin Durant left again. He was chasing a championship, and he felt like he couldn't do it, you know, with Russell Westbrook and OKC. Kawhi doesn't have to go chase championships. That's what I'm saying. It's a different component right now for Kawhi, more than anybody. Just like Clay doesn't have to leave to go chase a championship. He's got enough championships. It would have to be like, I need a different challenge altogether. You know, can I bring this team? Like if Kawhi said it goes to the Clippers, who's never won a championship, now we can start talking about it. And Kawhi ends up coming here and he gets them a ring. Oh, he's got to be one of the greatest ever because this guy's a championship getter. Mm-hmm. So it's those kind of things that you got to look for. Is it if that's what they're looking for? But that's the difference to me. Kawhi does, is not chasing a championship right now. It's just going to be a matter of what does he want to do? Does he want to stay in Toronto and build a legacy there, or does he want to be the the championship whisperer, so to speak? Vet Fox Sports analyst, NBA analyst, Olden Polonese joining us on the show. Find him on Twitter, Olden Polonese one. Well, do you think that it may be that? That Golden State, with with how they are, I mean, five straight runs to the finals. They they've won three out of five. Is this the last dynasty based on what you just told me about player movement? Uh, pretty much from what we've seen, you know, as far as dynasties. I mean, these guys grew up together, and people don't give them enough credit. The Warriors didn't go outside of KD. All these guys were drafted and brought in, and they kind of built this thing up to where they were. And that's got to be – it's very commendable how they did that, you know, their front office, how they brought in players that got along. And so, to me, you know, that's the end of that aspect of a dynasty. But still, uh, it's a semi-dynasty. You know, there's only been one dynasty in basketball, and that's the Boston Celtics of the 60s. You know, so – but that's the closest we've gotten. You know, the Bulls did six, you know – with Jordan, but they were spread out over eight years. So it's a, it's tough. It's tough to win. It's a, there's a reason why teams don't three feet. <laughs> it's too much work. And so it's a tough situation. And guys, again, with the load management that you mentioned, it, it's just tough to get players to really understand how difficult this thing really is sometimes. Olden, I thank you very much for the time, my friend. I could have went on forever. We got to go. I thank you very much. All the best, and uh, hope to talk to you again soon. All right. You take care. Thank you. You too. Olden Polonies, former NBA or 15-year vet, Fox Sports NBA analyst. Follow him on Twitter at Olden Polonies1. I still wonder, though. I, I know what he's saying. Maybe they want another challenge. And it, 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 If we say everything's about a ring, 
And people brought this up about LeBron. If there were times during LeBron's career, seven years in Cleveland, four years in Miami, four years in Cleveland again, now going on to L.A., what would it have been if you were to drop him in, parachute him in on any one of these teams? Could he take one of these teams and take them to the finals? With what he did in 07, and honestly, what he did last year in 18, now I don't know what it is for the future, but during that time, you could say yes. And so is it a different challenge? I still wonder, will there be guys? And I think there's part of this is the truth. And I wonder if it's because of Ky- Kyrie, not because of Kyrie, but if Kyrie's part of it. Where you've had LeBron go chasing a championship, Kevin chasing a championship, Kyrie wanting out because he wanted out, forcing his way out. Other guys, hey, it's it's a different climate now. I, I don't, there's not a... Once you're with a team, you're with a team for a long time. You maybe you were with them your entire career. It's not a lifetime guarantee anymore. We have we are players. We are empowered. We have a it's a different era. We have different power than we've ever had before. We can do this now. Where a guy might just leave because he's tired of playing in a place. He's just tired of playing there. He doesn't want to go there. And that's why I brought the question earlier. And I and I I'm glad I asked Olden Polonies because he he obviously has a much stronger opinion about dynasties than I do. Are we seeing the last dynasty with Golden State? I consider Golden State a dynasty. Five straight runs to the finals, three and two during that run, two out of three or three out of four before this last one where they lost to Toronto. I give that credit. I'm not that harsh of a critic about it. But this could be the very last one because you might see Kyrie get bored with a new place, Kevin Durant get bored with a new place. If Giannis ends up leaving, I hope he doesn't, he gets bored with a new place. This could be just the beginning of a different type of NBA. It adds more parity, but at what cost? 855-212-4CBS. Up next, what I'm about to tell you about Steph. It isn't fair, but it's true. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.